This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, so how's it going? You know what? There's only 15 more days till 2021. Holy shit, there's only... I mean, I know that... March was seven months, and April was seven months, and May was 1.2 years. But somehow, right here at the end, it's really good. December has flown by. I'm like, wait, (laughs) wait, (laughs) what happened? Yeah, so we're almost done, you guys. We almost did it. The Electoral College certified Joe Biden's win. Congrats to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris for winning the election again <laughs> taylor swift gifted us an album she did she yeah she's good she's given us one more album and we got stimulus checks <laughs> happy 2020 <laughs> i didn't even know about the stimulus checks man <sighs> so it is a good day it is i got my book of the month books today and i'm off tomorrow so i'm gonna read all day long very nice i uh I'm teaching the Telltale Heart tomorrow because that's oh, the that's most appropriate crazy. thing for just before Christmas break, right? It totally is. <laughs> There's never an inappropriate time to teach that story. Oh. I freaking love that story. Oh, yeah, me too. Also, uh, I just want to tell you. Wait, you can keep vamping because I'm not ready. Oh, I was just going to say in uh, regards to the Taylor Swift album, have you found Swift Talk, the Taylor Swift side of TikTok? No, but so, you know, there's a song on Evermore that's inspired by her love of true crime podcasts. Uh huh. And I'm like convinced in my head that it's this one. Obviously. What's up, T Swift? Hi, Taylor. Tay Tay. (laughs) (laughs) No, so um, you should A, everybody should venture down Swift Talk, and B, um, whichever federal agents are forced to listen to us, if you are not recruiting from Swift Talk, you are missing out on an opportunity. Those people... I mean, you should also be recruiting from True Crime Podcast because, come on. Right? So these these people on TikTok are like, okay, so um, we are anticipating a third album in the Folklore Evermore set. It's going to be the Brother album because Dorothea and I don't remember the girl's name from the first album were sisters oh, who went um, Betty. Uh-huh. And then they had uh-huh. a brother. And we're gonna look at these three locations because if you put them together they make an equilateral triangle and we know that Taylor Swift loves these places. And we're going to look at the fourth verse of the second album or the second single on both albums and we will see that she uses the word you and if we say you seven times then it sounds like we are saying you 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 and that means the unabomber so we're going to look at the dates of the unabomber the unabomber's timestamp is blah 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 like (laughs) i'm just like i'm just like shit where were you and then i was like i was like i almost wanted to ask them about cracking the zodiac killer's code but they beat us to it zodiac killer's code was cracked yeah that's a big thing that happened to true crime last week too so we're like really killing it on like 2020 
is going out with a bang so far. Everyone had all that extra time at home and they were like, mm-hmm. there were two settings. Like, let's be super productive. I started a business. Taylor Swift wrote probably three or 50 albums. Um, mm-hmm. And we all cried because they're about all of our collective breakups as America. But, yeah. Um, and they broke the Zodiac Killer Code. And then there were the people who um, self-cared the whole time, which is equally important. Mm-hmm. And set in a ball and watch Netflix. And I'm kind of jealous of those people because I would have rather done that. Well, you know, there's still time. There is still time. You have 15 more days. Also, my business is booming. So I don't regret starting a business in the middle of quarantine. Yeah, I was going to say, yep. So are you ready for the best news of all? Uh, okay. I was going to try to come up with something, but just tell me. It's time for our Christmas content. I was, so happy. I was not prepared for that to be the uh, most exciting part. So since we have had um, the extra festive, I guess we should go ahead and tell you who we are. This is Lifetime Sentence, and I'm Paul. I'm Erin. And it's been a long time since we've been us. Yeah. Well, I've been myself quite a bit. That's You've true. been a lot of people. I've been all yeah. over the place. Um. So yeah, this is our first Christmas story. This is the one Christmas story I could find based on a true story. That's so funny. They're so funny because I can't wait to tell you about this case. Oh God, it's not even really a case. It's like a thing. I mean, it's a story. Yeah, it's a story. It's not a case. Like, I read a thing earlier, a meme earlier this week. They were like, ooh, let's, like, they hate it when true crime podcasts say, ooh, I'm going to tell you a story. But this is actually a story. This is not a case. There was no true crime here except that these people went outside and nobody should ever do that. Yeah. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. And I'm going to tell you why. So this week I watched Lost Holiday, the Jim and Suzanne Shemwell story, which is a lot of S words. Yes. Um, yes, it is. It stars Jamie Gertz. She plays Suzanne. You might know her from Twister, The Lost Boys, the sitcom Still Standing. Okay. And she was in 16 Candles. Why are you doing that? Please stop. Thank you. Um, Dylan Walsh. Sorry, my cat's being an asshole. Dylan Walsh. He plays Jim. He is from Congo, The Stepfather, Nip Tuck, and The Lake House. Okay. Um, Aaron Pearl. He plays Blake. He's from Lost in Space, The Man in the High Castle, Man of Steel, and Anthem of a Teenage Prophet, which I've never seen, but I'm very interested in. Please get out of my wine. Thank you. And we have Julia Maxwell. <laughs> For she the plays... record, that is not me in Aaron's wine. That is a cat. Lies. Um, <laughs> Julia Maxwell, she plays Miranda. She's from Charlie St. Cloud, Hot Tub Time Machine, 
Triple Dog, and Smallville. And finally, we have Brooklyn. Prolks? Prowks? Nailed it. That's nailed nailed it. it. In fact, you have to say it both ways. Every time. She plays Taryn. Uh, She's from The Time Traveler's Wife. Piranha 3D. Six Souls, Valentine's Day, and a movie called Dear Santa. And she is adorable. Duly noted. We open over scenic mountains, and I say, oh, I want to move. But I, well, I'm here to tell you that I stand corrected. Um, I do not want to live where it's cold because of this story that follows. Okay, now to be fair, it takes place in Boise, Idaho. Was that ever on your list? No. Okay. Because, like, we've seen where Anna lives. It's cold. There's snow. And not a single time has she gone missing in a mountain. It's true. (laughs) In a mountain. (laughs) Listen, prepositions are hard. Look, if anybody was going to go missing in a mountain, though, it's Anna. That's 100% true. (laughs) Um, we are in a quaint town and a little girl is unpacking a box of Christmas ornaments and decorations. She pulls out a family photo and the doorbell rings. So she and her mom answer the door and it's their grandma. They're going to pick out a Christmas tree outside. There are two teenagers making out. I'm not sure who they are or what significance they have to the story. So I guess carry on. (laughs) Go right ahead then. Um, So mom and grandma are wrapping Christmas gifts while mom complains that her husband is coming home for Christmas. What a buzzkill. Mom says she she doesn't think he can move on with his life. And grandma's like, well, you two have been separated for two years, but neither of you have filed for divorce. So (laughs) (laughs) pot or kettle. Um, The teenagers come in. Ah, The girl is Miranda, the older daughter of the mom. Um, She and the boy is her boyfriend. She's excited that her dad's coming home for Christmas, too. She tells her mom it's wicked. Wicked. Okay. Didn't this story take place in the 2000s? Yes, yes, it did. Okay. Just making sure. Um, So Suzanne, turns out that's mom's name. Her brother brings her husband slash ex-husband to his house. But he's like, no, let's go see Suzanne. Meanwhile, Suzanne is bustling around the house being a very over-involved mother. Someone needs to get laid real bad. Fair enough. I've never thought about that being the reason they're helicopter parents. Mm. Uh, The doorbell rings and it's her brother and her ex. He greets the kids, and then he and Suzanne move to the kitchen so they can fight a little, you know, like you Casual. Uh, then the doorbell rings again, and it's some dude named Artie who's definitely been dating Suzanne and brings her a Christmas ornament. Wonderful. I love this already. <laughs> um, I've never seen people in my whole life that answer their door so much when the doorbell rings. Well, to be fair, this was when texting cost 10 cents a text. So you have to right. actually look through the right. peephole. Ew. <laughs> okay. Um, 
The next morning, mom is making lunches and things are going okay until Miranda, the older daughter, comes down and wants to go meet her boyfriend before school. Mom doesn't want her to go because she doesn't want her riding on boyfriend's motorcycle. But dad is like, what's the big deal? And I think this dad hit his head or had a stroke because my dad would pop an aneurysm if I was going to go ride on some guy's motorcycle. Um, I'm reminded of the Gilmore Girls line. Does he have a motorcycle? Because if you're going to throw your life away, he better ride a motorcycle. Yeah, my dad was actually in a really bad motorcycle accident when he was a teenager. And that was like the one thing he instilled in us was to never ride on the back of a motorcycle with a boy. Fair enough. Which I'd just like to say, it was not don't drive a motorcycle <laughs> yourself. It was don't ride on the back of a motorcycle with a boy. That's because boys are stupid. Well, yes, indeed. Um, so me, the daughter is like, she storms out and she's like, I hate you. And she goes and gets on her boyfriend's motorcycle. And he's like, dude, you can't talk to your mom like that. You need to apologize to her. And she's like, no, fuck her. And so they go uh, to school. Um... This will be the only time I say this, but listen to the kid on the motorcycle. (laughs) He knows. Yeah, right. So after everyone is gone and dad walks around and realizes how much he misses his family, then he does all the chores and straps the snow things to a trailer. He wants to take her snow something. I, I snowmobiling. He wants to take her snowmobiling. <laughs> I was going to say, I even left in my note somewhere about how you and I are actually the most qualified people to cover this story as we have combined seeing snow in films and at the snow cone stand. Mm-hmm. And the one time it froze all the way up to San Antonio, like 10 years ago when I was still teaching in Texas and I was forced to drive all the way from East Texas down to San Antonio in that. So that's our collective snow experience. <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, that's not my snow experience, okay. so how dare you speak for me? <laughs> um, it snowed in 1985 when I was two. Okay. We had a hard freeze about 10 years ago. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. And then two years ago, it randomly snowed for no reason about the 14th or 13th of December, so actually not that long ago. And... Then it melted the next day. Oh. Right, y'all don't remember that? I was friends with y'all. I do. I, I do, like sent but... y'all pictures of like the little snowman on my car. I was like, I'm so uh-huh. excited. Yes. And Anna and Amanda were like, um, <laughs> who are these people? Because we didn't know each other that well yet. <laughs> Laughs in Northern. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, I know the most about snow. Oh, we also went to purgatory colorado wants to go oh. skiing okay very cool yeah i saw i know all there is about snow that's <laughs> saw... why they're going snowmobiling <laughs> <laughs> i saw it once in indianapolis whenever i was playing in the honor orchestra of america but i didn't get to plan it because we were there basically for work it did snow on us a little bit one time when we were driving to our vacation house in florida And my grandparents let us all get out of the car and, like, play in the little tiny bits of snow at a rest stop, even though we were all wearing T-shirts and shorts because we were going to Florida. (laughs) Happy spring break. Uh, Okay. So 
Mom hesitantly, Suzanne, she agrees to go snowboarding. So they go. And, I mean, it, it looks like fun, I guess. Um, after a while, they stop and bicker about how much time they have left. But then they take off again. Finally, she says it's time to head back. But they're in a part of the snow that's too soft. And let me tell you, from my experience with snow, I know exactly what that means. <laughs> Soft like a cloud. The <laughs> end. <laughs> we are so good at this. All right. So um, this is, okay, this is actually our backdoor pilot to our new podcast called Snow and Only Snow. Featuring- Snow Talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, the title is, it, we're still in the workshop phase of that, but we have decided that true crime is no longer our fort. And instead we are going to speak about snow and only snow. Yes. All the snow. Okay. <laughs> um, so mom says they should keep trying to go and dad says they should take a shortcut and I can already see where this is going. So finally she agrees to take the shortcut and she says, Quote, you know, if we don't find the road, we'll be lost out here forever. And then they speed away. So nice foreshadowing lifetime. Perfect. Um, so it's getting to be about dusk and they're still snowmobiling. Um, Dad gets his snow thingy stuck in a dip in the snow. Snowbank. <laughs> so that's a word, right? Snowbank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, so mom starts freaking out that it looks like it's going to snow again and it's getting dark. We cut to grandma arriving at the parents' house in the dark because Miranda and her boyfriend haven't been able to get a hold of her parents. Uh, Artie knocks on the door because they have tickets to the Nutcracker that night, but of course, Suzanne's not there. So bye, Artie. Rest in peace, Artie. Your relationship <laughs> dead. Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere, Jim builds a fire while he and Suzanne fight about whose fault this all is. <laughs> that um Okay, that's probably the realest thing I've ever heard because I will go down to my death telling somebody else it's their fault. Um, so grandma calls Suzanne's brother, who is a police officer. Um, but he literally couldn't be less concerned. He's like, eh, they probably have a flat tire or like something or snow. I don't know. They're fine. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Suzanne and Jim are still fighting about their kids and woof. Mom really hates Miranda's boyfriends. No business like snow business. Yeah. That's our <laughs> podcast. Jim. <laughs> Well, well, it's a working title. Jim tells her he, she should just let it go. And, oh, look, a snowstorm is coming. The sheriff's department finds their car. They can't go searching tonight, but they're all going to head out and search tomorrow. Even the boyfriend Suzanne can't stand. And I bet he's going to be the one that finds them. And then he'll they'll be all best friends. I hope so. Um, On a horse. I want him to be like mounted patrol. And he's like, like, what? What's that face for? On a horse. Yeah. He's now her, like, knight in shining armor on a beautiful, 
um, draft horse, because draft horses can get through the snow pretty easily, um, with blonde hair and um, that perfectly chiseled jawline. And oh, I'm just writing my own fantasy now, so yeah, you, are. you can come okay. and join me if you'd like, or just stay over there in your movie. Yeah, I'm good, yeah. <laughs> Jim is asleep because men, while Suzanne tends to the fire. Um, the next day, everyone heads out to search. The sheriff thinks this is going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy, but the Chiron says it's day one, and he guarantees they've never lost anyone up there, so I anticipate that he is wrong. It's going to be... I- <laughs> What is it? Difficult, difficult, lemon. That's difficult. what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Grandma asks why there are no trails marked on the west side. And he says, because it's the only, because the only way out of there is on a helicopter. It's no man's land. So I have some news. I found them. They're on the west side for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Suzanne wrecks her snowmobile. She's super pissed and she's had no sleep. So she is in no mood. She yells at Jim. So he stalks off to pout in the other snow over there while Suzanne pounds in the snow over here. Um, Jim doesn't sulk the whole time, though. He builds them another shelter and a fire for the night. Back at headquarters, Taryn, the younger daughter, is trying to help by suggesting they put up lost posters like they do for the dogs. Oh, that breaks my heart. I know. And her older sister's like, well, they're not exactly lost. Then what Then what are they, Susan? What are they, Susan? They're not found. Anyways. Um, so, um, while the adults plan the next day's, like, plan of action, um, and Miranda complains about still having to go to school, which can relate uh grandma suggests that miranda help taryn get ready for christmas because once her parents get back there is not going to be time um back on the mountain suzanne is rationing their food because she's annoying and smart yes blah blah but the thing is the last thing i want when i'm stuck up on a mountain during a snowstorm with no central heat is some lady yelling at me to watch my fucking calories right (laughs) Um, she tells Jim the story of when her dad got lost on the mountain after an accident and she literally just like falls asleep mid story. She's like, and then, um, the good news about all this is that they're both super experienced in the outdoors and snow. So they're not idiots like you and me would be if we were lost in the snow. So (laughs) I think we have proven that we are experts. I don't know why you keep talking like that. Listen, if I get lost in the snow, I'm just going to scream bloody murder until someone finds me. Right. Do not call me and ask for help. I will be of no help. I will send you gifts of fire. That's how I will offer help. This isn't the hunger games. I said gifts, like on your phone, not. Well, if my phone worked, wouldn't I just call someone to come get me? I don't know. Listen, I panic in the stupidest ways. When I'm panicking, I forget that I can like start my car. <clears throat> or that like the front door lock. I better never be chased by a legitimate issue because I will, I will just die. 
by an issue, not a person. You don't want to well, be chased by an well, issue. Well, I was thinking like it could be a bear. It could be a serial killer. I don't care. Either way, I'm going to die because I'm stupid, especially when I'm panicking. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so grandma tells a very annoying story about God before Taryn goes to sleep. <clears throat> she tells her that she should pray to help her mom and dad and that and she like the little girl is like well does god answer our prayers and she's like well if a person is homeless and they pray for food it's not like god's gonna drop a, a basket full of food on their head lol so like maybe one day she's walking and she finds a fishing pole and then she learns how to fish and then god saved her because he gave her food and a fishing pole well there you go anyways uh during the next day's search (laughs) suzanne's brother says they should start searching off the ridge but the sheriff is like no way we're not doing that so they go out and search and um blake and keith the boyfriend are teamed up again they argue about going to look off the ridge but the blake talks about how after his dad had the accident oh they're like arguing and he's like no i'm not I'm not going to die up here and I'm not going to let my sister die up here because he talks about how after his dad had the accident, he didn't hardly ever see his mom because she had to get two jobs to support the whole family. And his dad was just never the same because he lost both of his legs. Um, So he lost both his mom and his dad to the mountain that day. And the boyfriend's like, well, then who raised you? And he just like looks at him. He's like, duh, my sister, like, hello. (laughs) That's why I'm so concerned. I want to find her. Fair, fair. (laughs) Um, meanwhile, Suzanne and Jim are arguing because he ate all their food for that day. What? What? What an asshole. That's why, like, yeah. no wonder you're separated. This is when it would turn to some Donner party shit and I'd be like, all right, <laughs> done with you. I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> um,. Of course, this turns into an argument over why their relationship fell apart because he's too free-spirited and she's anal retentive. Um, meanwhile, Taryn and Miranda are hanging up Taryn's lost posters in town. Oh. When they go home, this fucking reporter lady approaches them on their front porch. They're kids! And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, no, that's unacceptable. So they ask if they have a statement and Miranda says no, but before she can open the door, Taryn decides she has a statement and she runs inside and gets the photo of her family. And I'm like this poor sweet baby, but also this is so exploitive and I don't know what to think right now. Um, So Taryn pleads for more people to go search for her parents because they're all alone on the mountain and she wants them. She wants all she wants for Christmas is for her parents to come home. Oh, I was like, stop. That's so sad. The next day, there are approximately 90 zillion people searching for Jim and Suzanne. Good. Um, they are frostbitten AF and grumpy. Um, Grandma calls Miranda and Taryn to let them know how many people are up there. Um, Miranda wants to go to the mountain, but Taryn is like, no, bitch, we have, we need a tree. We have to decorate. It's Christmas. Let's go. <laughs> so Jim and Suzanne are arguing about how to change diapers. 
which is productively solving their snow problem, I'm sure. Um, their last snowmobile burns up. Like the engine, I guess. Meanwhile, I don't know. No, that sounds don't look at me like that. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that sounds plausible. I... Meanwhile, Taryn and Miranda are getting ready for Christmas and making a list, quote, just like mom does. Oh. Jim and Suzanne fight some more before deciding to finally work together. It's dark again, and Blake finally seems to convince everyone that they went down the West Face, which I'm pretty sure I said that 30 minutes ago, so he's just copying me. Um, The family sees a news story about how basically there's no hope left, and Miranda runs upstairs um, crying. Her boyfriend goes after her, and she's upset because the last thing she said to her mother was, I hate you. Right. Yeah. Um... He convinces her to just keep getting ready for Christmas and he's going to find a way to find them. And do you remember like young love when you thought like you were completely invincible and yes. like you could fix any, any problem your girlfriend or boyfriend had 100%. just like with the will in your whole heart. Yeah. Did you watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Yeah. One of my favorite episodes is the episode where Sabrina and Harvey kiss and he gets turned into like a cricket or a grasshopper or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, she has to go through all these trials to prove that her love is true. And then he can turn yeah. back. And at the end, Hilda and Zelda, one of them asked the other how she knew that that was going to work and that Sabrina was going to save him. And the other one says, well, because at 16, all love is true love. All love is true love. Yeah. Um, Jim and Suzanne find a shelter for the night. Um, oh, they find the shelter from the night before and make another fire. Jim apologizes for being absent and leaving Suzanne to do everything with their kids. Suzanne talks about how she basically raised her brother and took care of her dad too once he got home after his accident. So that's why she's such a control freak because she felt so out of control during that time. Uh, hard relate to that. Right. Um, <laughs> Day four, December 23rd, Jim and Suzanne are trying to make a map of where they are. And I just, I'm confused. And this may be like a really stupid question, but I don't understand Okay. snow. If it's snowing, right? Uh-huh. And they don't have any like running water nearby. Uh-huh. How are they staying hydrated? I, you know, is it safe to just eat like fresh snow? Yes, it is safe to eat fresh snow. So the first fall pulls down. This is what I've always heard. I'm not a snow expert, but this is what I have heard. Um, that the first fall brings down like all the nasty stuff in the sky. And Mm -hmm. so, like, the top layer of snow after that is usually pretty okay. Um, like the powder. Yeah. Now that. Now that said, um, I also know that, um, like in night by Ellie Wiesel, he talks about how sick they were because all they had to, um, to hydrate themselves was the snow and that they got like dysentery and stuff from it. So I, there's the two sides I know of. It just never seems, it never seems to be like an issue that they address. And I'm like, wait, you need water to survive that long. It's not a, it's not a, an issue that's addressed in the news articles that I found either. So it was just it, it's just a weird thing because I always I've always heard like in 
you know, camping, whatever, you need running water. Right. To survive. Well, they weren't on around running water. So so that is running water as opposed to still water, um, which I don't think is the same as like if you can pick up water off the ground in solid form. But again, I don't know. I didn't do Boy Scouts. I um, don't read survival books. I read Hatchet with my students, but that does not take place in the snow. (laughs) Well, I read wild by Cheryl Street and she didn't talk about it either so okay we're suing Gary Paulson and who'd you say Cheryl Street yep Mm -hmm. all right class action lawsuit (laughs) (laughs) okay back down at the lodge they're getting ready for another day of searching and the weather is finally clear so they're going to get the helicopter up and running which is that's how they search for people on the west face because like uh trees and stuff um (laughs) Jim and Suzanne are climbing back up out the way they came, which makes sense, but also sounds super hard. Um, They stop to have a snowball fight because this is a lifetime Christmas movie after all. Um, They fall down laughing and then hear a plane. So they are rushing, trying to make a fire really quick so the plane can see them. Suzanne has a whistle for reasons, I'm sure. Um, Taryn and Miranda are making cookies, so they make a fire. Oh, so Jim and Suzanne, meanwhile, make a fire and start blowing on it, but the plane is gone. So Taryn and Miranda hear about the helicopter going up, and they drive up to the mountain to see what's going on, and they see the helicopter take off. The whole town waves goodbye and cheers, and I'm like, uh, can we save that for when we find the lost people? Right? Um... We see the helicopter view of the search, and I don't know how they'd ever be able to see people. Great. It makes no sense. Um, Jim and Suzanne are still trudging around, and Jim tells her he thinks he's going to quit his job because he's sick of it. Uh, But then he hears the helicopter, so their attention gets diverted. Um, They start screaming for the helicopter as it goes straight over the top of them, but can't see them. Jim and Suzanne definitely think the helicopter saw them, though, and it's so sad. And then all of a sudden, there's an avalanche, so... No, that, I didn't sign up for that. Thankfully, it's not around where, like, Jim and Suzanne are. It's higher up, but okay. the like the snow, like, coming off the mountain makes everything, like, super cloudy, and they can't see, so they can't do another pass over, which makes me sound super smart, but I'm just copying from the movie. <laughs> um... Oh, goodness. So Suzanne is already doubting the strides that she and Jim have made in their relationship since they're in an artificial environment, i.e. like not at home with the stresses of like jobs and stuff. Um, Jim suggests they go to therapy and says he would do anything to be back home. So they get back together. And I'm like, why don't you get off the mountain and then worry about all of that? Right. Well, you're done. Um, Even though there's a storm brother so Blake and Keith are going to head back out to search the sheriff tells grandma he thinks it's over and they're dead what a glass half full kind of guy great love it but then he's like but I've seen miracles happen before so what do I know there can be miracles grandma decides to call off the search and he so the sheriff specifically warns Keith that he'll get arrested if he goes back up there (laughs) So he's definitely going to go back up there. Um, Suzanne says they should climb to the overlook. And Jim's like, that's crazy, but I guess let's do it. Um, 
Taryn, meanwhile, they're putting the kids in the car to go home. And Taryn is, like, screaming that they have to keep searching because tomorrow's Christmas Eve. Oh. Poor baby. Um, so Jim and Suzanne are climbing up this mountain. And I, uh, why do people go outside? I don't know. That sounds like a horrible idea. Suzanne is, like, passing out. Like, she would climb and then just, like, fall down. Um, and so now Jim is like the cheerleader. He's like, no, we can't go to sleep. We have to keep going because we'll die. So Jim convinces her to keep going, uh, because once they get to the ridge, there's a maintenance shed they can sleep in. And I don't know if he's telling the truth or lying, but either way it works. So they climb and climb, they get all the way to the top and it's a false ledge and it's not the place they thought they were. Oh no. So there's no place to dig for shelter where they are, and things are looking very grim. Um, they hide behind a rock and, I guess, wait for death. Jim tries to make a fire, but the match blows out, and then Jim just passes out. Like, as soon as the match blows out, he just, like, poof. And then so does Suzanne. And I'm like, oh, wait, are these people going to die? Yep, that's it. I'm like, what a dark fucking Christmas movie. And then it just <laughs> goes black, and that's the end of the film. <laughs> Back at home, Grandma makes the girls light a candle that will burn until their parents get home. Taryn says she prays to God every day to bring him home, but there, but God isn't listening to her. Um, so Grandma gives her a photo of her grandpa to talk to because she's like, your grandpa knows God really well. Um, they go way back. Okay. Um, up on the mountain, Suzanne wakes up and manages to wake up Jim, who passed out with his hand, not in his glove. And so now I think they just wait for it to fall off. That's as a snow expert. Yes. <laughs> um, and then Suzanne you preserve manages... it. You bury it in the snow to preserve it. Sure. Um, Suzanne manages to get to get a fire going, so they are kind of saved. Um, day five. It's Christmas Eve. Brother, so Blake and Keith arrive and are taking no shit today. The music starts to sound brave and hopeful while Jim and Suzanne climb again up the mountain. A slow carol of the bells plays, so they have to be close. At home, Grandma stares at the reporters and calls them vultures. So Blake and Keith are riding around while Jim and Suzanne are literally crawling up this mountain, and it seems horrible. Mm. Jim has become the cheerleader now because Suzanne is like literally dying. She starts crying for him to please just leave her and go get help. But he's like, I'm not leaving you. You're not ever going to be alone. I'm not leaving you by yourself. So she's begging him to leave. And they hear snowmobiles. Yay. And they both start screaming. But who could hear them over the fucking engines? I'm like, would you turn them off? Excuse me, sir. Your snowmobile is not doing its job. Finally, they stop screaming because they realize no one can hear them. Um, Blake and Keith are about to take off from their spot where they are. And Blake's like, hey, what's that smell? It smells like smoke. Blake pulls 10 feet in front of where he is. Like, literally, he just, like, inches up. Looks over the ledge, and there they are. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, like, right down, um, a, like, a small slope. So they all run to each other. They all hug. Suzanne's not even mad. It's her daughter's 
evil motorcycle riding boyfriend. Yay! Um, someone calls the house and Grandma so goes. So it wasn't Artie. The- huh? It wasn't Artie. No, it was the daughter's boyfriend. That's what I thought. Oh, I thought you said you expected it to be Artie. No, I expected it to be the the daughter's boyfriend that she hated so much. Right. That's poetic justice. Like I'm gonna go search. Um. No, Artie's gone. Rest in peace, Artie. Yeah, he got on Tinder. He's doing okay, I'm sure. Um. So the phone rings at the house, and the grandma goes to the porch to yell at the reporters because she thinks it's them on the phone, I guess? Hold on. I like this idea of Artie thinking his girlfriend died, so he just re-downloads Tinder. Downloads Tinder. <laughs> no mourning process at like, all. Even if she doesn't die, it's going to be a bitch <laughs> to get her back to where she was. Oh. <sighs> Better start over. Um, then he sets his age limit to like 25 to 35 instead of 35 to 45. Yeah. And um, radius like 97 miles. And then he's like swiping. He's like, oh, look, there's Suzanne. I guess they found her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the frostbitten hand of her husband. That's her display picture. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So, yeah, Grandma goes to yell at the reporters because I guess she thinks it's them on the phone. But Miranda answers the phone, and it's her mom and dad. Everything starts going very fast. The sheriff is finally, like, moving his ass with a purpose. Uh, The family hops in the car to head to the mountain. So, of course, the reporters follow them. Um, They get down to the lodge. and um, Oh, so the snowmobiles get down to the lodge and load uh, Jim and Suzanne into Air Life to get to the hospital. Finally, they have blankets, so I'm happy. Oh, good. the kids walk in with a nurse who tells Taryn that her parents have refused to leave each other and even made the hospital push their beds together so they can hold hands. Oh. Stop. <laughs> I'm like, you just became that couple that's just on the same side of the booth. Listen, don't judge us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I want to talk shit about the people and we all know I can't whisper. So Sarah has to sit beside me. So- mm-hmm. <laughs> So Taryn runs in and jumps in bed with them. Miranda and Grandma get hugs. The next day, everyone goes home. And Mom and Dad are like, even though we won't have a proper Christmas, we at least brought a Christmas tree. And they pull out a little branch that they had pulled off a tree earlier in the movie. And the dad was like, here's our Christmas tree. And the mom was like, fuck you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But then they go inside. And Miranda and Taryn have decorated the whole inside of the house Mom is super surprised and happy. She hugs everyone and then gets to Jim. And so she's so very lucky to have him and they kiss. Then mom goes to talk to Miranda about how much she loves her. And Miranda apologized for saying that she hated her. They hug and then Keith is at the door and he and mom hug because now they're best friends. And mom says he's officially part of the family. And Jim says, has come to his senses and is like, that doesn't mean my daughter can ride on the back of your motorcycle. And Keith's like, that's okay, I'll buy a car. And Suzanne says, Merry Christmas. And the dad says, God help us, everyone. Uh, the end. Well, okay. So you started summing it up, and I could hear the Deck the Hallmark music. I mean, I know that's the Nutcracker, <laughs> but like I could just feel it as the Deck to Hallmark. Like They kiss, and then she says, Merry Christmas, and he says, God bless everyone. And that was Lost Holiday. <laughs> Oh man. The end. The end. 
All right. So I researched and researched and researched, and I found several dozen articles that were all the exact same article, copy and pasted. Mm-hmm. So I just found the same article. Oh, there was like an ending thing that was like, you know, the Shemwells would like to thank the Idaho, whoever, whatever, search and rescue that, you know, like spent their time searching for them, blah, blah. Right. Oh, okay. So thanks, Idaho. Good for you. Yay to go. I said yay to go, Idaho. I meant to say way to go. Yay to go, Idaho. And then in the way too late for me to watch it. So I tried. Okay. I'm starting with like bumbling. So you already know it's going to be good. So I found this article. I took all the information I could from it. I searched and I searched and I searched. And then I found that there's a show called SOS something or another that's on like the weather channel. And they were featured on episode four of season two, but I could not find a single way to watch this show. So, um, I, I feel like I failed everyone in my research, but I really tried. I just don't have a way to watch the weather channel because at no point in my life did I think I would need a subscription to the weather channel. Um, yeah. So my dad exclusively watches the weather channel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and NCIS on USA. Well, yeah, you have you have to cut your weather channel with something sweet. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, um, I like that you. So you told me this was a Christmas movie, and mm-hmm. I thought you only picked it because there was snow. And then you mentioned that they were going to the Nutcracker, and it ends on like Christmas Eve and all this. This mm-hmm. fucking story took place in March of two thousand three. <laughs> <laughs> uh- course it did now listen let's not pretend that uh hallmark and lifetime don't take a little bit of creative license with their christmas stuff right all right so in march 2003 45 year old jim shimwell invited a friend to go snow billing with him and his wife suzanne suzanne was 40 what is snow billing snowmobiling oh i thought you said snow billing i might have (laughs) snow billing is what all the all the cool cats on the... Oh, it's like the difference between skiing and snowboarding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So snowbilling is when you actually take the mobile portion out of the snowmobile. You just throw the engine to the side and you sit on this hunk of metal and just expect it to go. Okay. Huh? Yeah. Sounds fun. Um, so the friend accepted and then canceled at the last minute, leaving Jim and Suzanne to head to Pilot Peak alone. Um, Pilot Peak, which is located in the Boise Mountains, stands nearly 7,000 feet above sea level, and it's about a 40-minute drive from Boise, Idaho. Um, And neither Jim nor Suzanne were super excited about going on this trip by themselves because they had been together for 23 years, um, but things had become really tense between them. Um, And while... um, the movie said that they were like estranged for two years or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. There, this article didn't say they were separated, but they did say mention how tough things were between them. So, yeah. so in the movie, they had been. 
I guess he had moved out and then he had a job that was heavy travel anyway. Oh, okay. And so whenever travel things would come up, he would just take them gotcha. and go and travel. Gotcha. So he was, he had not, he had moved out, but then also he was just always gone for work trips. Okay. I see. Um, so Suzanne had said, in fact, that she wasn't sure, even though they'd been together for 20 years, she, 23 years, she wasn't sure their relationship could last another year. Um, she said they'd spent so much time in uncomfortable silence, but they hoped that snowbilling would bring, I said snowbilling again, snowmobiling would bring some fun and like reignite something in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it brought something and it reignited some things, but it was not what they expected. Well, I assume that after something like that, you're like, let's go to the same house and never leave it ever again. <laughs> right. Um, so They're Jen- like, oh yeah, we've been quarantining since 2003. We have no problem. <laughs> I haven't been sick since that one time. <laughs> um, so Jim said, quote, it was going to be a three hour tour, just like Gilligan's Island. We went down into a bowl and played with the snowmobiles, but the powder was so soft and the slope was so steep that we couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of this three-hour outing they'd planned, the couple ins- got stranded and then were lost for five days on the freezing mountaintop. You mean when they went to go take a three-hour tour just like Gilligan's Island, they got lost and ended up just like Gilligan's Island. Uh huh. Except I guarantee well, you, they did not go back on this fucking mountain like the end of Gilligan's Island. True. <laughs> um, true. they in fact probably drive the long way anywhere so they don't have to see the mountain. <laughs> They're like, I don't want to see that bitch today. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, they were like avid outdoors people, so they probably like went back the next week and were like, haha, we're gonna get out this time. Haha. <laughs> They bring, they bring gasoline and just melt all the snow. Like fuck you, snow. Fuck you. <laughs> oh god. Um, That's what I would do. Burn <laughs> that mountain down. <laughs> so anyway, um, like I said, it had recently snowed, um, and the snowmobiles couldn't navigate through the snow. They said the powder was too soft and. Um, as we've said numerous times, we know what that means and we're not, no, we're not. You just fold it in. You yeah. Fold you in fold the cheese. cheese. <laughs> totally. Um, so let's see. Oh, so they'd gotten down into this low point, um, like to the lowest point in the bowl. And so the, the snowmobile couldn't get up because of the angles. So they decided that they were going to, step off of the snowmobile and take like a careful look around and kind of get their bearings. Um, and so they decided that their best plan was to drive the snowmobiles further down the mountain and then work <laughs> their way back up and just to kind of take a long indirect route to their truck. Um, but the deep snow was hiding all kinds of dangerous obstacles. Jim drove, Jim drove directly into a Creek and, um, had Suzanne had to wait while he dug his snowmobile free from like the soft Creek bank. Um, and then Lush. yum. Yeah. Right. Um, so then they tried to go up this like steep side hill. Um, but Suzanne's snowmobile slid into a tree and she twisted her knee and ankle in the process. 
Mm. Um, so it's interesting because in the end of the movie, they were like, the reporter was like, they're cold and tired, but no injuries. I don't know. She was in the hospital for a few days. Oh, baby. Um, so by this point, it was 3.30 p.m. and they were getting nowhere. So they decided to stay in camp for the night. And then, um, oh, so when the snowmobile slid into the tree, it pretty much damaged it beyond repair. Um, right. And so they just abandoned that snowmobile and they decided that they would camp out the night and then ride Jim's snowmobile up at the next morning. Um, so naturally, because they thought they were only going to be gone for three hours and they were probably like fit and healthy and not Paul Adams sized people. They brought just a snack size uh, package of sausage and a single candy bar with them. And that was their rations for. Oh, see, they had more food than that in the movie. No, it was in fact, it was a pack of little Smokies, which if I'm stranded and the only option I have is little Smokies, I'm dramatic enough to just die. Yeah. Well, because he talks about the sausages in the movie. Like they talk about, he's like, I have these little sausages. I have this, that, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, eat the sausages. You need your protein. (laughs) (laughs) She's just a perpetual mom. Yeah, she is. Can't Uh, blame her. No, not at all. So, um... okay. So it's, uh, I wrote... Um, the snack size package of sausage and a candy bar. And while the articles didn't say anything explicitly, I'm going to guess this isn't a fishes and loaves situation. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so Jim and Suzanne. But there is a story about a fish. That's fair. <laughs> Jim and Suzanne had an eight year old daughter, Taryn, and she was at a daycare center while they were out on the mountain. They knew that when they didn't show to pick Taryn up, the owner of the daycare would call their family members and mm-hmm. that that would raise the alert that something had happened to Jim and Suzanne. So they hoped that that would um, deploy a search team for them. Right. Um, in okay. the meantime. Oh, sorry, there's a front blowing in again. and It is blowing so hard against my window. I hope you can't hear that. that. I can't. Okay, good. Um, so Suzanne had been a Girl Scout leader for 10 years at this point, And so she'd learned a lot about survivor skills and camping and not just slinging a dish a delicious addictive cookies which is the only experience i have with girl scout so i didn't know that they like actually came out and so i didn't think anyone did we did that's interesting you were a girl scout mm-hmm. did y'all get back do you have badge do you have your sash oh god probably somewhere i love that so much i was a girl i got all the way to the juniors Ooh. so i was almost like a big time girl scout but when I went to middle school or no. And after the sixth grade, I didn't want to wear my uniform to school anymore. So I understand I, that. Um, I all of a sudden was thinking of the um, Pawnee goddesses and that's mm-hmm. what I want to be. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like I have regrets, but also I understand me not wanting to do that. So. Oh, yeah. It's weird that they made you wear your, your uniform to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, yeah. Oh, well. Plus, I had so much else going on at that point. Like, right. Um, so anyway, because she learned survival skills and camping from being a Girl Scout leader, she sprang into action. And so while Jim, like, stared at the sky to predict if there was going to be snow or I don't know what he did. It sounds like nothing. Um, He's like, <laughs> the wind is blowing. Yes. 
He's holding his he's holding his chest. There's a thirty three percent chance that it's already cold. He's like the wind is blowing to the <laughs> this way. This yep. Way. <laughs> he's like, did I help? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jim. Meanwhile, he like he turns around to tell her about the wind, and she's already dug out this like snow cave. Um, mm-hmm. she while she worked on the snow cave, she actually sent him to find wood for a fire. And he was able to find enough wood to make it through one night, which was good, they thought, because they'd be able to get out the next morning. Like, that was the plan. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nah, boo. Nope. So, um... I had a feeling that was going to happen. As they predicted, um, a search and rescue team was called out, so the Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue Team was deployed um, after they didn't come to pick up Taryn from daycare. And they found the Shimwell's pickup truck by about 11.30 p.m. Um, So Suzanne and Jim had two older daughters, Dorinda and Michaela. And they began began calling family to tell them the truck had been located. (laughs) Huh. Dorinda and Michaela. Uh Uh-huh. The daughter and the older daughter in the movie was named Miranda. Oh, that's so funny. They just combined both of them. So funny. <laughs> that is savage lifetime. <laughs> oh man. Well that's like the uh and your sister aren't interesting enough, so we made y'all one character. Well that's like the movie you watched last week where they combined all of those kids into all one the kid. Kids into one. <laughs> but at least that one is like, okay, we took out everybody but this one central character to the story. No no, they just took two central characters and made them. <laughs> So funny. So Michaela and Dorinda start calling family to say the truck had been located. Um, But while they are like celebrating that their parents will be found soon, they receive news that a blizzard is blowing in quickly. Yes. So fun. So I would think that like before you, and again, I don't live in the North. I am not a Yankee. I don't know anything about snow. <laughs> so if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But I would think before you go snowmobiling for a day, maybe you check and see if there's a blizzard coming in case something happens and you're stuck up there for longer. Not even for overnight, for longer than you think you will be. Right. I don't know. One time Sarah and I went camping with my best friend and her husband. We rented our tent, our tent site. We rented our, our campsite tent. to put up our tent and we went to check in. It was in Arkansas and the sweet little girl at the um, little cabin where we checked in, she goes, you're going to camp tonight in a tent. And we were like, well, yeah. And she was like, have you heard about the storm? And, like, there was rain forecast, but it didn't even look like it was going to come near our campsite. Oh, Mm -hmm. no. Oh, no. It flooded our campsite and everything around us. We slept, like, we didn't sleep through the night. And by the end of it, when we woke up in the morning, there was, like, two inches of water sitting in the bottom of our tent. Oh my God. And my best friend and her husband had brought their dog with them. And she was trying to drink all the water out of the tent to like <laughs> save us. <laughs> it was so bad. So always, always. I do know this. All plays listen to the locals. Right. Because they know way more than you do. Listen, nobody knows more than I do when I've got my mind made up. 
I mean, I have lived <laughs> here my whole life, and I have seen days where it is storming cats and dogs in my front yard and nothing in the back. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when people tell you that, like, shit's weird down here, just believe us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so in any case, so... um. Jim said, quote, we had some shop rags that we tore up and used to start the fire, and Suzanne stayed up that first night to keep it going. Our first snow cave was too small to fit both of oh, us. Oh, did she stay up, or did you fall asleep, Jim? Oh, hold on. <laughs> the first cave was too small to fit both of us, so she was curled up next to the fire, and I was curled up right behind her. So, like, he got to be in the cave, and... <laughs> She's fucking out front like I am. And the they glue. made up. <laughs> She's like I am the glue that holds this relationship together. God damn it! Like, <laughs> no, you know they went to therapy afterwards, and she was like, "Remember that time when you used me as a human shield?" <laughs> Every time he's like, um. I think I'm going to go out to play pool with the guys, and she's like, "Well, I think I'm going to sleep outside in the snow, Jim." <laughs> Oh, oh god that would be the argument that'd be the one you right? know there's only one argument that you go back to with yes. your significant other whenever yes. you're fighting that would be the one it's like um oh god who um eliza schlesinger in her like ideal breakup joke it, yes. you don't know my You're middle name, middle name. Yes. <laughs> oh man oh, god. so um that, uh, throughout that night, they shared their pack of little Smokies, and um, again, planned that they'd be home within 24 hours. So, I guess that was all they like. I guess they ate all their little Smokies that night. I didn't ask them, so I don't know. But um, how could you not email them and ask them? <laughs> right? We pay you nothing to be a researcher <laughs> on this show. <laughs> The next morning, it's a lack of attention to detail for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, they woke up and hopped on Jim's snowmobile, and they began their trek back to the truck. But riding in the soft powder turned out uh, burned out the clutch, and so he tried to limp it along as much as he could. But um, he this was just an exercise in futility. I know what a clutch is. Not the purse. I know. I know. <laughs> Just kidding. I know. That's my first car. Really? I still remember, kind of. I learned how to drive a standard on the tractor at my parents' house growing up. I learned on a breasted out Jeep. Nice. My, my great uncle's uh, ranch in Colorado. Nice. So I do know, like, and it's, I've had to do it a few times since I got rid of my senior car, but it's like muscle memory. Like, yeah, uh -huh. I'll like, I'll like drop the clutch a couple times, but after I do that, like, it's fine. Right. So, um, in fact, he said that trying to limp the snowmobile along, it took them five hours to get as far as they could have walked in 15 minutes. So they just like dumped the machines and decided that they were going to go and try to follow some snowmobile tracks. At what point during the five hours? <laughs> five? At what point were they like, wait, we could have walked over there already. You know, Suzanne has said that like 40 times. <laughs> God damn it, Jim. 
get off the fucking snowmobile. I don't care how much you paid for it. I really do imagine that Suzanne is the glue that held this whole thing together. Like, <laughs> all these poor people. I just like what like five hours. At what point are you like, dude? We could be all the way over there right now. Let's just fucking walk. And I don't know if he's exaggerating or what, but like you know, he had a custom wrap on that snowmobile that was just his face, and that's why he didn't want to abandon it. And you know Suzanne has a timer now. And she's like. <laughs> she's like, the timer starts now. We have five hours to get there. I'm walking. <laughs> no matter where it is. Anyway. Yeah. She's like, yes, we're going to Disney World. <laughs> five hours to get there. Or I'm walking. <laughs> When they got off and started looking for snowmobile tracks, Jim finally decides he can take the lead. He has mourned the loss of that custom wrap snowmobile. How long have they been out there? <laughs> Six weeks later. <laughs> it's been 84 years. <laughs> so he, um, he takes the lead and he tramps down the snow so that Suzanne can walk behind him. She was... She's only five feet tall, and some of the snowbanks they passed by were literally ten feet tall. She's just like a little thing. Yes. So, so he looked at this poor. I'm more and more sorry for Suzanne <laughs> as this story goes on. Um. Oh, here this wasn't the story. I thought there might have been. So as they walked, they would stop and scoop up handfuls of snow to eat. Um. So Yum. apparently they could eat the snow. Um, and Jim even commented that, like, he got his gloves for 25 cents in the clearance aisle at Walmart. So, like, they're 25 cent gloves. He had to wring them out every few feet. Like, right. Did um, he still have both of his hands? Right, to my knowledge. Yikes. So by that evening, they'd found no tracks. So they camped again for the night. Um, and then, as if things didn't suck for enough for them, the handle broke on their tiny, like, they had this little shovel that one side of the shovel was a saw blade, and that's how they were collecting the wood, wood. Mm-hmm. and digging out their um, snow cave. The handle broke off of that. <laughs> Motherfucker. She's like, you had to buy the one on sale. <laughs> Listen, I have been in this relationship before and I know exactly where it's going. Remember when I said let's buy the $25 one and you said this one's a good deal? Remember that? Huh? Remember that? <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. The next time I go out in the snow, I'm bringing a little tiny thing of like snow cone syrup just in case. Just <laughs> got to be prepared. Because, like, what if I'm stuck out there? I, at least I want my <laughs> my fresh snow grossness to taste like blue coconut. <laughs> With a can of Eagle Brand. Do y'all, is that a thing y'all do there? Where you put. Ew, no. Yeah. So the, all the snow cone stands here put. Uh, I guess you can, but I guess people do it. I don't. Right. I do. Um, I'll do, like, dill pickle snow cones. Those are the best. 
you can have that. I'll keep my Eagle brand in my pocket. I left my Dosa de Leche at school. I just remembered. A kid brought me homemade Dosa de Leche today. <laughs> no, I did not take my ADHD meds. I don't know what you're looking for. Yelling in here. <laughs> I don't know why. So anyway, broken shovel. Where the hell am I? Okay. By that evening, they had found no tracks. Um, they camped for the night. Their shovel thing broke. Um, so they took the last shop rag they brought with them and like tied it around the blade so that he could cut the wood. So like basically they tied the shop rack so that he could hold the shovel as best as he could and like get at it, you know, so like poor things. Um, and you know, the whole time she's standing next to him, like, watch your fingers. Uh, <laughs> Jim, Jim. She's like we are trying to get back together. I need you to have all 10 fingers and toes. Thank you. Um, and Jim said, quote, the nights felt pretty long. The cold would cramp your muscles and it was not comfortable. You fucking think it wasn't comfortable. That just reminds me of friends. When Rachel's like, the nights are long, but the days. Yes. <laughs> they're long too. <laughs> but the nights. Oh, man. Um, this so, is either going to be our best or worst episode ever. Here's, here's I my don't even know which one. Here's my favorite quote that I found in this article, mostly because up, up to this point, Jim has been the only one speaking, right? Like all of the quotes have been Jim. And finally, Suzanne says, Jim is not a man of many words. And I'm like, could have fooled me because he's telling us a lot of words today. <laughs> Uh, she said but he kept me going I got a little whiny sometimes and once I got pretty frantic but he calmed me down helped me along I like how you're about to defend I like how you're about to to defend Suzanne like we have built up this Suzanne in our heads that exists and you're about to defend that Suzanne (laughs) okay no any a little whiny do like Take me on this fucking trip and you will hear <laughs> two days into it, you'll be like, please, God, Suzanne, come back with your little bit of whining because this girl won't shut the fuck up. You're like, I'm hungry. Are we there yet? I'm hungry. I'm out of snow cone syrup. I'm cold. Where's the heater? My socks are wet. I have a blister. Like, that is what it's like to go camping with me. So don't even tell me Suzanne was a little whiny. So um, that night they kept, they took turns keeping the fire alive. And they kept talking about what they would eat when they got home and how they would make it there. And uh, I think I already said that, blah, blah. So then Friday passed. So it started on a Wednesday. So we've now made it Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, okay. And Friday was when they ate the last of the Little Smokies. So they had rationed them through that point. Um, they could see the high dome of Pilot's Peak, and they crawled along the steep slope toward the top. I want to know if they rationed them, like Jim didn't eat them, or if Suzanne hid them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I found one more. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, so they kept aiming themselves toward the peak, 
um, where they knew snowmobilers would be. Um, so then they started taking turns yelling and blowing Suzanne's whistle um, <laughs> to no avail. <laughs> no, I forgot. I got to the end of this movie. They're like yelling for the snowmobilers because they hear them. And <laughs> like they're literally on the edge of death, right? They are dying. And they're like rolling around in the snow, like screaming. And Jim's like, where's your whistle? And she's like, I lost it. <laughs> So then on Saturday, while they're out hunting or like making their way up and like trying to survive, they they think their prayers are answered. They hear a plane fly overhead and then a helicopter. So they start yelling and waving their like helmets because their helmets are bright colors. Um, And they stand there like waving and they wait for an hour for the rescuers to come. And they never do. And can you imagine how long that hour must feel? Oh, my God. Well, first of all, I was really confused in the movie when they just ditched their helmets. Because they didn't have hats on. And I'm like, wait, is it? Oh, no, he had a hat on. She did. She had like a little hat on. But like, isn't it better to have like a face covering? And also because the thing on the helmet was shaded. And I'm like. I can't imagine how burnout your retinas are right now. Right. Just this like under reflecting shit off the white snow. White snow mm-hmm. all day long. So I was really confused. Like I was like, why did they ditch their helmets? They need like the screen and they need the warmth in their head. Right. <laughs> because Lifetime needed to film them talking. Yeah, I guess. Um so Jim said we were both- It would have been way funnier if they just filmed them talking in snow. <laughs> Jim said we were both in tears crying. We were saying we're going home when they didn't come. Suze was starting to get some doubts, but I told her we were going to the top of the mountain and we were getting out of there. So he's finally like, all right, I'm taking charge. We're going home. Um, I doubt he talks like that. So that is my, that's the only voice I have. So sorry. (laughs) Um, So, Suzanne said the only thing that really got her through was she kept thinking of Tinkerbell, which was their nickname for Taryn, which is adorable. Um, Oh, that's my nickname. She said, I knew we just had to get home for Tinkerbell. Our other two daughters are older, married, but Tinkerbell really needs us. And then Sunday morning was the hardest. My old boyfriend used to call me Tinkerbell because if I don't get enough attention, I'll die. (laughs) accurate not saying he's right but um he's right uh, <laughs> anyways so, and then when i would get really mad he would be like come on tinkerbell and he would clap and it would be uh-uh. so bad. nope <laughs> done uh, okay sorry so um they said sunday morning was the hardest jim said that he knew that they were close to not making it um that he prayed more during those five days than he ever had in his life. And I was like, I mean, I would too. Like, I I get that. Um, yeah. Malnutrition and physical stress began wearing on the couple. Both had frostbite on their feet. Suzanne's big toes were both blackened by the cold. Mm. Yep. Um, she, in fact... I can't 
as much as I wanted to be a doctor, I don't think I could have ever dealt with like frostbitten Mm-mm. appendages. Um, so, so orthopedia was out for me. Yeah. Um. So Suzanne, being as small as she was, she I mean she's just a small person. Um, right. She got very very weak through all of this and um to the point that jim had to tie the tow rope from the snowmobile around her waist and pulled her up the mountain with him oh honey um so three quarters of the way up the mountain they camped again but also can you imagine like how easy especially if it's like the movie and she is telling him you need to leave me and go because it's the only way you're going to be safe how like carrying another human body like dead weight is hard enough right oh my god i can't even imagine like no nope nope so now cut to rod knopp who was the coordinator for the idaho mountain search and rescue team um he suspends the search because in the four days since they have gone missing there have been several avalanches in the 50 square mile radius that they had um been stranded in and so they said he said that they could not risk any more lives until conditions got better Mm -hmm. which how terrifying and also how lucky right were they to not get caught in an avalanche because that would have been like it right um so on 11 a.m on monday suzanne and jim found what they'd been looking for they found a thin ribbon in the snow, which marks the tracks of a snowmobile. Um, and so, like, even though they're pretty difficult to see because it's white on white, they were able to catch yeah. it and follow the tracks. And so, despite the danger, um, despite Rod Knopp having canceled the search and telling them it was too dangerous, there was a group of volunteers who refused to give up. And... Um, so Suzanne and uh, Jim turned on their two-way radio. They'd been like, it was almost dead and they'd been saving it for if they came across tracks and they were mm-hmm. able to radio the searchers, Scott Marquat and Julio Aguirin. Um, so within so minutes. So not her brother and her daughter's boyfriend. No. Bummer. So good story moment. It was. Um. So within minutes, they found them and they pulled out their rescue rations and Jim and Suzanne were scarfing down beef jerky and granola bars and protein shakes, um, which just sounds like a great day to where's, me. Where's the St. Bernard with the whiskey? That's what I thought. That, that, I'd be like, where's the St. Bernard? I right. need that. <laughs> right. St. Bernard. When does he get here? Right. <laughs> back to Aaron would be whining all through the mountains. So (laughs) cold. I haven't had a drink in five days. (laughs) Um, You know how stressed out I am. (laughs) Do you know how hard this is for me right now? Yeah. God, I am like going through some things. Okay. (laughs) So by three 30 that afternoon, they were on their way to St. Adolphin. Alphonsus. I almost said Adolphus. That's not a thing. Which is I'm close to a dolphin. St. <laughs> Alphonsus Regional Medical Center. Um, 
And they were met by their friends and family who'd gathered in the parking lot to celebrate their safe return. Uh, Both survived the ordeal completely intact. Um, In fact, Suzanne didn't even lose her toenails from the frostbite. Like. I used to lose my toenails from running. It's so gross. Oh, yeah. Um, So. Then Jim, classic Jim, says, it was just teamwork that got us through it, pure and simple. Not panicking, not getting upset with each other and making decisions together. (laughs) Classic Jim. She's next to him in the hospital bed. Like, I will stab you with this plastic sword. Um, so Suzanne was, uh, like I said, she was hospitalized for a few days afterward, but, um, both of them. She was actually frostbitten. I assume that takes much longer to recover. Yeah. What do they, like, do they just wrap your feet in warm blankies? And (laughs) I I don't know. And Dr. Sarah's not even here for me to ask. Until your toesies are like warm enough to come out of the blankie. (laughs) Oh, They tell your feet endearing stories. Please, if it's different, don't tell me because that's what I need the story to be in my head. Um, so, plus, so- I, I learned how they treat burn victims, but I've never been the same. So, I don't need to know how they treat frostbite. It's probably close to the same. So, I don't need to know. So, Suzanne said, quote, Normally, I'm the strong one, the controlling one. I had to really count on Jim up there. He pulled me along. He didn't abandon me. We made it together. Um, so Suzanne said that their marriage had been struggling. They weren't sharing with each other anymore. And Suzanne offered often had wondered if it was just a matter of time before their marriage had ended, but surviving the Idaho wilderness for nearly a week. Um, while it did not solve all of their problems, Suzanne said that, um, Everything happens for a reason. And so then she told a reporter and um, I like to think that she was winking straight into the camera as she said these words, but she said, when I said our marriage needed a miracle, I didn't think this would be it. (laughs) So do you think she's like in the hospital next to Jim and she's like, yeah, you can say all that dumb shit about teamwork, but I get to hold this against you forever. Oh, absolutely. I think that probably got to go without saying. Yeah. And so, like, they're fighting now, and at, at a certain point, he's like, I know, I know, the mountain, I'm sorry, I'll sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> the snow cave, got it. Great, thanks. Yeah, snow cave, okay. That's all she has to do when they <laughs> fight. She's like, snow cave. <laughs> she gets up on a Saturday morning, She's making biscuits and he comes out and she's like, good morning, honey. Would you like some little Smokies? Oh, wait, you ate the last fucking one. <laughs> I hope Suzanne is not as petty as for we me. are. Huh? So I hope Suzanne is not as petty as you and I are. You know what? But I hope that if in some weird world they listen to this, like they are entertained and not like offended. Yes. You know? Yes, I hope so too. I want them to be like, oh god, it, it, like finally she's like, wait, I can hold that against you in every argument for the rest of time, right? <laughs> Starting right now. 
She's like, I am going to get a timer. And if we don't get there in five hours, I'm going to walk. <laughs> She's taking notes. Like, what else should I say? She rewinds us. Yeah. She's like, hold on. What did they say? <laughs> yeah. Discount right. snow saw shovel thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is, like I said, the information I could find from the same article copy and pasted among every major media outlet that existed in 2003. I loved it. And next week we'll be back with a review of two lifetime Christmas movies from this year. Yes. I'm very excited. I have not picked mine. I've watched a couple to see which ones I like. I'm very excited. You've already told me which one you picked and I'm so excited to hear about it. I picked it. I'm so excited. Um, it's going to be really fun. So, and, um, I know that we have your Patreon that we're doing this week, but I'm giving a spoiler alert for, or a teaser, a teaser for next week's Patreon, which is not Christmas themed, Mm -hmm. but it is such a bizarro story about a, an award winning, um, journalist who was sabotaged and murdered. That is so fucking insane that I hope that y'all will join us next week on Patreon for my story. Um, I was totally planning to do something Christmassy and then this story came across my life and I was like, Nope, I got to tell this one. That's exciting. Mine is late because I realized the story that I was working on only had three like articles about it. They were all exactly the same and they all took like were after the crime. So I'm working on it. That's okay. It will be out by the end of the week. Yes. All right. Well, until then, um, feel free to find us on all social media. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence, on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod, mm-hmm. at Facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Mm-hmm. You can find uh, our website um, where you can find merch at LifetimeSentence.com mm-hmm. and join us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Lifetime Sentence and shoot us an email at Lifetime Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash lifetime sentence. Yes. I thought I'd said that one. I might have, I have no idea. Maybe I left it out. If you did, I missed it. That's okay. So then if you got it twice, then that's twice as nice. Doubly go. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Doubly go indeed. (laughs) Yes. I feel like that should be a shirt or like a, like, can we make doubly go indeed? It just sounds like we're encouraging people to do something. I don't know what. Yeah. I mean, and you could tell people it's whatever you, you're like, yeah, it's because I love, you know, physical exercise and this reminds me to doubly go. Right. Or like, I have anxiety and this reminds me to doubly go into my dreams, like whatever you want it to be. Uh, Yeah. And it can be positive. And what we really mean secretly is doubly get two drinks instead of one. Absolutely. Um, In (laughs) fact, I feel like. Did you ever watch much Family Guy? You don't strike me as a Family Guy watcher. No. So there's an episode where Brian writes a self-help book and it's called Want It, Wish It, Dream, Do It or something like that. And it's like all this like, this is back when self-help books were really shitty. Like 
there was no like quality control like there is now. Um, and I feel like if we just wrote a self-help book called Doubly Go, it would be on the shelf next to Brian's really nah. shitty self-help book. I just said self-help book. <laughs> Maybe if we publish it as a self-help book, it'll slip through the... The, the quality control. I yeah. think self health is the title of Miranda Sings's book. Is it really? Yes. Now that I say it out loud. Are you shooting me or are you like serious? No, serious. Miranda Sings okay. wrote a book called Self Health. Like, cool. Yeah, several years ago now. But there you go. I haven't thought of Miranda Sings in forever. Man. Well, there you go. Throwback. Well. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you so much for joining us and we hope that you, you will rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Um, just go give us a five. Just go give us a five. Just give us five stars. And I'm sad. Go give us five stars, please. <laughs> Until next time, do not forget to eat your vegetables. And charge your phone. Bye. And don't go outside. Oh, don't go outside. Bye. Bye. (laughs) This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.